Hello. Welcome to the podcast again, guys. Again, again. Uh, I guess we've been gone for a little bit. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. <laughs> but we're back. Uh, it's the end of December. Yeah. And yeah. What have we been up to? We finally got a car, which has been really nice. Um, the one we were looking for. Got a diesel, so getting that good gas mileage. Yeah. Wagon, put lots of shit in there and go camping. I know that was one of our goals. And. Vroom! Can you guys hear those cars? Probably. It's kind of rush hour right now. Yeah, LA's starting to empty out. It's one of my favorite times to be here is during the holidays and everyone's fucking gone. The streets are empty. It is very dead. I was at work this morning and there's uh, no one there. It was fantastic. Just we should go on a bike ride downtown, oh, yeah. like on Christmas Day, when we can just like Cruise. go and there's no one around. Yeah, why do you like why do you like uh, Quiet Christmas? Um, I think it's more just about the um, juxt- uh, juxtaposition of like, because you know the city's just super busy all the time, and then on a holiday it's just empty and only the real heads are around. And I don't. I guess I've never really been a big holiday person growing up. Um, my, I guess my family was never really super religious or anything like that. So. Did you guys do Christmas? I don't remember. Mm, yeah, but not really like hardcore like other people. I'm, when my parents were still together and still kind of doing the unification church thing, Christmas wasn't a big holiday for them. Uh, God's Day was? What's God's Day? <laughs> what is I, I don't remember exactly when God's Day was, but it was like, uh, I want to say it was New Year's Day. It was mm-hmm. after Christ, like traditional Christmas. Um, but it wasn't like a, it, it was like, there was a little bit of gift giving, but it was like, everyone got like one thing. Mm, that um, sounds great. Yeah, it was very, very much, <laughs> like much be. more chill. Mm-hmm. Um I think my parents did do, like, a tree and stuff like that, but, um... Did you guys just... You just did one present on Christmas, usually? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think they they got us, like, maybe one or two things, but it was mostly, like, just shit or relatives sent us mm. if they did. On Christmas. Did you do, yeah, like, Christmas on, morning? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, for the Unification Church, God's Day was more, like, mm. the winter what about after they left that church did you guys do christmas stuff still um let's see yeah kind of growing up with my dad it was more just like a gift exchange thing than Mm. anything else so it wasn't really what do you mean gift exchange just like giving one thing to each person yeah just giving yeah presents between us so it wasn't really anything else attached to that Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know as i've grown up it hasn't really held much sway with me I, I don't know if I have like a significant other I like try to like kind of get them something but mm-hmm. it's not really why do you do, why do you do that though I really enjoy it's socially obligated mm-hmm. or yeah I guess partially that and partially I personally just enjoy gift giving yeah you're a great um, gift giver yeah that's I guess something I've heard 
He's good at it. So. <laughs> but you're good at it all year long. Yeah, it's not really like it's for me. It's not really doesn't need to be around the holidays because a lot of people have that expectation. Yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, yeah, through my relationships, I've learned very often most people don't think about holidays or don't have the same disconnection from Christmas that I do. No, no, it's super loaded um, for most people, myself so, included. Yeah, I think I think as a kind of like respect to their reverence for that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was kind of why. I don't know. How about you? How, what was what were the holidays like for you? Well, I obviously grew up in like a Christian-y, Christmassy household. So it was, we always did it. I guess our Christmases were always different in some way than typical Christmas. Because I guess on my mom's side of the family, they always did Christmas Eve. So she, conti- like Christmas Eve is like the gift giving time. So she like continued that tradition with our family, which was that you would go to church. And then the myth was that when you were away at church, that's when Santa brought the presents. That sneaky bastard. (laughs) He'd wait for you to go to church. Yeah, he'd wait for (laughs) us to go to the Christmas Eve service. And then we'd come back and there'd be a bunch of trees under the thing. But obviously it was like, okay, kids, go wait in the car. And then my dad would put all the presents under the tree. We figured that out when... I think I was like three or four years, I want to say I was like maybe four or five years old, when my older brother, Zeno, like went back to the house for something and saw dad putting the gifts and then he ran back to us and was like, I saw dad do it. <laughs> like Santa isn't real. And we were like, oh. But so did you really believe in Santa? I don't feel like it was like super impressed upon me, but it's really impressed in like schools and stuff mm. just like it's so pervasive i mean you were homeschooled so you didn't get as much of that i'm sure yeah i definitely did not believe in santa but like at school or the mall i mean it was it, santa's all over the fucking place yeah and we, we really don't notice it right now because we're not around that kind of culture but yeah santa's all over so then we that was just but then like you know my parents knew that we knew that it was them doing it but they'd kind of do it as like okay Santa. They, they knew we knew but it was like the joke in the we're family just keep it going we're just gonna keep saying that this <laughs> is the thing even though they knew we knew but it was always big like there's always a lot of stuff and then as i've gotten like a lot of presents a lot of gift giving like uh one person always plays santa you had to play santa last year didn't you at my family christmas oh yeah they made you wear the I hat i forgot about that <laughs> you tried to forget about it but it haunts you <laughs> Yeah, they do a thing where someone plays Santa, so the other person is responsible for, like, giving out one present at a time. So it's not, like, a free-for-all. Oh, yeah, that kind of took some time. Yeah, you had to, like, do one at a time, and each person watches the other person open their gift or whatever. It takes a while. And I got so many presents last year. So many presents. Yeah, (laughs) you were, like, the little favorite. Yeah. (laughs) You remember Cal was, like, my little brother hadn't brought a present, but he was like, uh, uh, and he, like, gave brownies to all of us that he had made. (laughs) But, like, I'm in that boat, too. I don't think I brought, oh, yeah, I got, like, Mom a crystal, and I got Dad something, didn't I? Like, a little, I got the, like, little trinkets, but I am not, I'm just not into gift giving as an obligation or like this is the time that you have to have figured out the thing that's special and meaningful like if you don't yeah. have anything special and meaningful to give the person don't dump a bunch of shit on them it should be because you honestly like saw this yeah. thing or whatever it was yeah. and you're like oh so-and-so would really appreciate this i want them to have this i just try to be a minimalist and i feel like the holiday itself is steeped in so much maximalism and consumption and i just don't really and all the waste and all of the the delivering shit and the boxes that go back into the recycling bin or garbage. It's just a lot. I, 
as an adult, I just can't really get down with Christmas. Yeah, well, I mean, it has not much to do. Well, I guess it is. It is. It is a religion. It's the religion of consumerism. Christ. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so much has been tacked onto it. Uh, it's insane. I mean, I lit. I honestly think it's an insane holiday, and uh, yeah, it's been hard this year because, like, you know, this my mom has a lot of feelings about Christmas and it's a deep it's a deep holiday for her it's like the celebration of Christ you know Mm -hmm. that's what it's about for Christians so everything else that goes along with it all the cookies and the traditions and the trees and all that stuff I guess has special significance I don't feel like that has played a big part in my life but like I was saying to you it's still it's to me like the one thing that remains is like this is the time of year I go and see my family this is togetherness you know yeah this is like when this if if there's anything it's the thing that brings the family together and that's the one thing i like about the holidays is the like okay this is the this is when we see each other you know yeah those elements are definitely um good if you want to see your family like not everyone wants to i've been involved <laughs> i've been to some christmas things where it was like insane everyone's like yelling at each other other. and like i was like what the fuck is this what normal people are like i'm so glad i wasn't involved in this growing up well and that's madness too like this just like the obligation to like give people presents the obligation to give your presents to people yeah is not i don't think that's something you should have to do either if you're in a place like this year my family my mom decided that for her health and wellness and her well-being she didn't want to do family christmas and they're going to hawaii because my older brother bought them a thing that's good that's what you should do yeah do what you feel like Like, like, you shouldn't like have to hang out with people you don't like just mm -hmm. because they're blood related to you i'm a hundred percent like an advocate of like chosen family yeah um spend time yeah with those people that you do get along with just because you happen to be blood related with someone you don't you're not obligated to fucking give them your time Mm -hmm. or energy like yeah i don't that that stuff boggles my mind yeah well you're lucky you don't have that as like a huge thing but your brother does want to get the family together this year yeah not as a holiday thing as a post-holiday thing i guess yeah well i mean it's it's kind of like uh i did the math the other day when i was texting my sister we haven't all been in the same place together with each other for 15 years and i tell people that and they yeah they say that's crazy but i don't i mean i love my sister and my dad and my brother um but i don't feel like i'm missing out on anything if i don't like if i'm not in their physical presence like once a year or something like if i got something to say i'm gonna fucking call them Mm -hmm. (laughs) if we have something we want to do and go hang out or go do this activity we'll do it Mm -hmm. like i don't know i feel like this over mm, emphasis on like spending time or you have to do this because you're family like that's bullshit Mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of people are caught in super toxic family dynamics too crazy shit where they think they (laughs) really have i mean there's value to trying to work out conflicts but at some point in your life if you discover like oh i really really don't share the same values and i've really we've really tried to find common ground and it's just not happening like you don't have to sit there and like twist a person's arm until the end of time to try to find that common ground just because you share some genetics with them it's doesn't make a lot of sense to me and honestly it seems very like uh it's like that human like egotistical uh what's the word i'm looking for what did hitler do (laughs) 
Oh, eugenics? It's like, it's not <laughs> eugenics, but it's like this, this like heralding genetics and like your genetic lineage as like the greatest bond that there is. And I oh, don't yeah. believe that. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's like, I just, I just don't believe in that stuff. Just gotta do you. Do you, and there's a <laughs> and lot of, and it's, you don't have to surround yourself with people that share the same ideas as you. And it's, there's a lot of value to like, say, say, like, with family, like me and my little brother, we get along pretty well. If we have a disagreement or whatever, like we'll, we'll talk it out or whatever. And there's a value too, to having shared the same experiences Mm -hmm. growing up. So if I can be like, fuck, I'm having this like issue in my life. I find that I have this pattern. He can be like, I share that pattern or something like that. You know, we can learn from each other to be like, well, we shared this like vital or we shared like the majority of our lives together yeah especially why do those we, formative like, yeah why do we years. yeah exactly why do we both have this like behavioral pattern that's similar maybe we can help each other understand each other better there's a value to that too there's a value to that in like the negative experiences that you share with your family if you're having like an issue with a family member part of what's bothering them about you might be something in yourself you have to look at you know yeah those are all good things but at some point too i mean if it's uh if you've learned what you need to learn you don't have to like drag yourself <laughs> through the mud with those people i don't know yeah i feel like a lot of people I, I read a really good uh letter that one of my facebook friends wrote to her family that was kind of just like cutting the cord in a way remember i told you about this yeah yeah um and it was just really well worded and kind of concise and like saying you know this is why i can't be a part of your family anymore and I have this family that cares for and challenges me and helps me grow in these ways and I don't think that I need to tolerate your abuse and toxicity anymore and that seems like a fine thing to absolutely like it's perfectly I think it's a good thing to be around people of different views than you like you were saying but there has to be a mutual respect and maturity mm-hmm. um, on both parties both sides that hey, I recognize you think about things different than me, but I'm willing to meet you here and listen to you and hear what you're saying Mm -hmm. and a willingness from both sides to grow from that. And it's it's not really going to happen or be that constructive if it's one-sided or both parties aren't there. Like, if if both parties aren't there, what are you doing? You're wasting your time and your energy. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, yeah... Anyway, I have a lot of compassion for people who are holding on to all that, trying to continue to develop relationships with their yeah. families, and, you know, it's hard. It's... Cutting that cord's not an easy thing to do, because it's mm-hmm. so ingrained, I guess, socially in us that you kind of, that you have to do that. Well, because it comes from some, like, not too far, not too distant, like, past of, like, that familial tribe being, like, your genetic like, the people that share your genetics, mm-hmm. that you really needed them. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago that, like, you needed, you really needed your, like, genetic tribe or family unit or whatever to survive. And I just think that things are changing and it's not quite as necessary. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We can kind of do our own thing, but that's the whole idea of chosen family or whatever. But anyway, why was I talking, well, how did I get there? Because <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. Because well. Christmas like that. I'm super glad that, you know, in meeting you, that we both kind of have similar views on this thing. And mm-hmm. both of us are more into, like, a, I don't know, cultivating our own unique type of spirituality. And mm-hmm. more in lines with kind of, like, I guess, earth-based stuff. Mm-hmm. So, we both celebrate the solstice. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, which, which is just also passed. which is also rooted in religion. It's yeah. not that it's not. What did? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just say I'm just saying like there, it's um like the the issue with like Christmas and stuff to me is not religion, but it's in this kind of everything that it's wrapped in, which is about like dominator model stuff and like consumption being like this one method of like domination i think you know yeah. what i mean all well, it's, that yeah kind of rooted in in what organized religion has become which is Very another impressive. system of power yeah um whereas there's more open source uh styles of religion where the individual is empowered to see their own divinity and um i don't know seek and recognize and honor the balance of things around them mm-hmm. i guess you could say um, yeah, I actually, it was actually maybe like four or five Christmases ago that I sort of dug into those ideas and started looking at like pagan, more like pagan celebrations and more earth-based religion, tradition, religious traditions. And it was, it was at a, I think it was the Christmas of 2012, which is remember the 20, that 2012 was like the mm-hmm. big like shift was supposed to happen or whatever. Oh, it did. I mean, did happen? It did <laughs> the happen. The earth just didn't disappear. People were like really people excited about it. Yeah, the end of days things. But it, I mean, that was a shift for me. Yeah. Like that was when I discovered um, Bayway and these solstice traditions that have become really dear to me and made me sort of understand a little bit more about what kind of like feeds my soul religiously or spiritually. And I was staying in my parents' yurt when I was home for Christmas. And was definitely having some, like, challenges with members of my family and the, the whole Christian regime that was, like, expected as part of the Christmas thing that that's in my family. Which, I you know, I, wanna, I want to respect, but it's hard when it's imposed upon you in, like, a kind of demanding way, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was sort of trying to look into my own, okay, what what is my, like, spiritual... Where, where do, what do I connect to spiritually? And I was spending this time in this yurt... And discovered um, the Sami, which is the indigenous people of Norway. Uh, it's kind of some of their traditions, which I guess I guess I'm Norwegian, so I'm like my majority Norwegian. So mm-hmm. I tend to like gravitate more towards that those traditions. I'm not trying to like appropriate other people's stuff, even though I'm not Sami. <laughs> I'm not Sami, but I guess I just gravitate towards more like Scandinavian, Norwegian, pagan traditions. Because that's like my bloodline or whatever. Well, it's kind of hard not to, I guess, involve any pagan traditions because <laughs> everything ties back to those mm-hmm. roots, no matter how much they've been changed or yeah, molded. Mm-hmm. But so I discovered that, and that was super important. I guess it started to really shift my way of thinking about how how I could build my own traditions Mm -hmm. in my own ways of like staying in touch with what I feel is more important, which is a divinity, you know, that exists that isn't like this God man figure divinity, but the divinity of just like the cycles of the earth and the death cycles and the life cycles and like paying a lot of attention to all of that, like kind of inherent divine power, nature force in the world, you know? Yeah. That was cool. So I learned about Bayway, which I have a tattoo on my ankle about. And that was like two Christmases after I first discovered that kind of Bayway tradition for the winter solstice on the 20th or the 21st. 
I went and got a stick and poke tattoo in the yurt again. I don't know. It's de that's just the little things that remind me of what I kind of like want to stay rooted in when it comes to like a spiritual core. What about you? How did you find your way? Hmm. I don't know. I think for me, I just kind of looked at like some more of these, uh, like, yeah, traditional or pagan, if you want to call them, um, practices. And I saw a lot of, a lot of the important things were like solstices, the coming and going of the sun as many, many, um, practices were, um, I guess you could say sun worshipers or, um, definitely observed like these natural cycles that were happening. Um, no matter whether it was like a people that lived in the north where that stuff was more apparent or if they were like close to the equator they all kind of observed these astronomical happenings and to me that felt like something that was very important like with these cycles of life and death and changings of seasons and stuff like that so i don't really have a specific honed in uh practice per se but i like to observe the kind of changing of cycles mm -hmm. and um, natural rhythms that are happening. Do you feel like there's the a earth. time when you found yourself more like gravitating towards paying attention to those things? Hmm. Where it's just kind of happened? I don't know. I feel like it was a gradual, kind of a gradual thing that just unfolded. Um, I think maybe... I don't know, maybe with you, kind of uh, like in line with you, maybe around the whole 2012 thing and just investigating more about deeper what does this mean? Right. Kind of beyond the, oh my God, the calendar's going to end. <laughs> Everyone <freaking laughs> Everyone's out. dying. Yeah. But no, the calendar's not ending. This is a cycle. Da da da. It just keeps going. And like, mm -hmm. um, that definitely had a big influence. Like, I was doing a lot of research into like. Me too, yeah. Um, various things uh, attached to that and peripheral to that. Well, I think that that's um, what was exciting about that time was because people were all freaked out about some kind of end of times thing. I feel like it was getting pretty hyped for like years leading up to it, first yeah. of all. But I mean, like so many of these things get hyped though like but it but it drew our attention to it to make us want to research and be like yeah. what is this about and then you found as you went into yeah at least, probably we had a, maybe a similar experience of just kind of like looking some stuff up and then going down a wormhole and reading some more things yeah and finding all these ideas that we could kind of relate to and gravitate to and it's also interesting because it all leads back to a mayan calendar thing too yeah which was like mayan culture was super in tune with I mean, so so many, every indigenous culture, right? But, like, they had, like, seemed like a pretty, like, advanced way of measuring the seasons. Yeah. Isn't that kind of what their calendar was about? Um, and not just the seasons. I mean, it was, like, the planets, like, the mm -hmm. um, cycles of, of like, astro uh, astronomical bodies and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, I mean, even if you look at, like... Uh, Gobekli Tepe, which is out in Turkey, I believe, like they know about like procession of the equinoxes. The Mayans know about the procession of the equinoxes. Like this is shit that, like that, I guess the the leading scientist uh, had no idea about until like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years after these civilizations existed, mm -hmm. and in some cases thousands, like the 
like Gobekli Tepe. Um, and if you don't know what that is, I highly recommend doing a quick Google search on it. You were researching some stuff, right? About pagan shamans? Oh, yeah. Well, and about how that relates to like how the origin, too, then of like how, like how Christmas became a Christian holiday instead of where like a lot of its roots came from. Yeah. Oh, we should talk about the Krampus thing we went to. Oh, yeah. Um, well, should I? Oh, I guess we can do this. Uh, so, I mean, just like many uh, traditions in Christianity, uh, when they were kind of taking over quote unquote pagan, um, pagan just basically means. Uh, it's a, a re- pejorative, right? Yeah, it's a pejorative for or it anything. Was an ish- originally a pejorative. Anything that's not Christianity, basically, or you're a, a, pagan. A, a religion of Abraham. So if you're not Jewish, or if you don't, if you're not um, Juda- Judaic or Islamic, you're a pagan. You're a pagan. But I'm sure they probably use that against both those people as well right. at some point. Um, so these are more earth based, more indigenous um, religions of. The people of the world. <laughs> um, so yeah, Chris, uh, the way Christians got a lot of um, indigenous people to buy into Christianity, because at first they were trying to shut down all of these customs and festivals um, that native peoples were having, and it's just too many of them, you can't get rid of them. And one of the really big um, times for a lot of these people, especially in like Eurasia, um, was the solstice. Um, and what they ended up doing is kind of incorporating a lot of these festivals into Christianity. Um, so that's where Christmas came from. It came from incorporating solstice celebrations. Um, there's a reason. Winter solstice. Winter solstice. Yes, that's, that's right. (laughs) Um, because there's a reason why Jesus's quote unquote birthday Christmas is on the 25th. The uh, winter solstice is usually the twenty around the twenty first of December. Um, that's the shortest day of the year, so we lose the sun for the most time that day. Um, and then three days later, if you're in the very fo- very northern latitudes, it actually is dark, dark, dark during all day the winter. And then um, Three days later, approximately three, four days later, on the 25th, the sun starts to come back. So that is the resurrection, the rebirth of the sun, that which gives life to all. Um, and that's kind of where that well, comes from. And then there's all that stuff about like the that uh, Mita Mascara mushroom and the yeah. white and the red and all of this stuff too. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of Christmas traditions actually come from the native peoples of the Arctic and Siberia um, where for their solstice celebration, the shaman would go out and pick Anamita Mascara, which is the classic toadstool mushrooms. It's got the little red cap and the white dots on it. Um, you see it all over the place. And, those mushrooms grow under specific uh, evergreen trees. So they're, they have a pretty high toxicity and you can't just eat a lot of those on their own. So what they would do is they would pick them and then put them on the lower branches of the pine trees to dry. So they would be like these little red ornaments mm-hmm. in these pine trees drying. Yeah. Um, and another way that they would dry them is to put them in a sock 
and put hang them near the fire inside mm. their homes <laughs> and they would live in kind of like a yurt like structure basically a yurt um and on the solstice middle of winter super snowy in those areas so you can't really go in the front door and the shaman who is usually would dress in uh, the colors of the mushroom for the celebration, which would be red and white, would crawl through the hole in the roof to drop down and give everyone inside dried <laughs> mushrooms. So on the solstice, everyone's taking dried mushrooms and tripping. And you've got this um, <clears throat> shaman dropping into your house, giving you presents. So that's kind of where the Santa. Santa comes from. And not just from those traditions, there's, there's like a Santa-esque uh, character in many different um, indigenous traditions. Um, so they, that kind of got compiled and brought into Christianity. Um, another interesting thing about, about uh, those peoples, though, they were kind of hunter-gatherers, but they also were reindeer herders. And uh, reindeer are super eating, super into eating an Amida mascara. Um, like it's one of their favorite foods. So reindeer love to trip. Um, do they trip though? Some animals can eat those things and not experience the same effects that we do. I'm not 100% sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do because there's lots of animals that seek out um, psychedelic oh, compounds. Oh, like the leopard and the ayahuasca yeah, or le- the jaguar. Yeah, jaguars that seek out ayahuasca vines. The dolphins seek out puffer fish to get high. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's a, actually a pretty common thing for animals to seek out psychedelics um, or intoxicants in general. Like mm-hmm. chimpanzees and monkeys seek out fruit Rotten. that is yep. uh, fermented. Honeybees try to um, get drunk all the time. Yeah, it's a, it's a very common thing mm-hmm. um i forgot where i was going with that the reindeer they reindeer. drink the piss oh yeah so that that's also kind of where flying reindeer come from um so you know if you're tripping you see all these reindeers who are also tripping like, wow they're flying um but isn't it something where that it gives them like extra strength that like stimulates the adrenaline uh adrenaline yeah there's i was reading something about i don't know if it's quite it release it doesn't release adrenaline but it's something where it kind of gives you a a boost of strength where they uh kind of like adrenaline where your kid like falls underneath something super heavy and you got this little guy like power lifting a i don't know honda civic or something off of a baby that's been run over what Um, (laughs) What? Oh yeah, is that like a YouTube video? No, that's like a that's like a I don't know if it's a came from a real event or not, oh. but that's like a common thing. Like oh. mom lifts car off kid. Oh, just yeah. Story. It's probably an urban legend, but. So they would like jump, and that's where this whole myth of the reindeer. Not necessarily them jumping, but that was like a an example that maybe that's where it came from, or it just came from being from tripping and hanging out with reindeer and yeah like, oh. thinking they're flying yeah exactly um what was the thing you were talking about about the reindeer drinking each other's pee though oh yeah reindeer will also uh because i guess it's not as toxic to reindeer but the way the uh psychedelic compound in the anamita mascara um interacts with the body is that the potency does not drop from being ingested so you the reindeer will actually drink each other's pee to get high again. Um, they will also, if a reindeer or a human who has ingested 
Anamita mascara, peas in the snow, the reindeer will eat the snow to get high. So they're basically huge kinksters. Yeah. And the shamans would also drink reindeer pee or shamans would eat the mushrooms and then hand out their pee to people to drink to also get high. So that's where eggnog tradition comes from. I don't know about (laughs) eggnog. I think I made that up. I wish there was like Um, a cool Christmas piss tradition. We should start it. Yeah. How about we do our Christmas bonfire and everyone can have a little sip of each other's pee. It's a tradition. Yeah, you think we should get that going? (laughs) (laughs) I think we should. What Uh, other traditions come? What other traditions? Uh, Oh, Christmas caroling is actually has pagan roots. Um, da, 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 what did they call it? I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Um, wassail. Wassailers. Wassailers. No, it's wassail. Because they said wassail, it. No, they wassail. said it. It's pronounced like fossil. Oh. Wassailer. Wassail. Uh, so wassailing is when village people would travel through their fields and orchards in the middle of winter, singing and shouting to drive away any spirits that might inhibit the growth of future co- crops. Um... It's a fertility rite. Yeah. So also tied into that rebirth cycle, bringing mm-hmm. the sun back. Uh, mistletoe is another one. So it was a magical plant for everyone from the Druids to the Vikings. Uh, the ancient Romans honored Saturn um, with fertility rituals happening under mistletoe, which means fucking. Well, yeah, Saturnalia is the big festival that the Romans would where the Romans would do like basically like a it's very like BDSM like a switch scene where the the servants would become the masters for the day and the masters would become the servants so basically did someone just knock on our door I don't know um so basically yeah the servants got to like kick back for I think it was 24 hours kick back and have the masters serve them which was Amazing! Like, that's amazing, yeah. actually, that that happened. I wonder how deep that actually went, though. I would love to know. It sounds like it was a very exciting time. And and there was beating. There was, like, uh, it's, like, related to Krampus, too. The, like, switch, uh, the, like, using birch switches to yeah. beat each other thing. Oh, yeah, we went to the Krampus run here in L.A. That was interesting. Yeah, I didn't really know that much about Krampus, but afterwards, it was so amazing. Um, we went to, like, this little Krampus parade downtown. And it's basically just, like, you know, all these horned, furry beast creatures come out. Some of them have, like, cages on their back with little skeletons in them. They all have, like birch or like different plant switches switches which whips. is right right in my wheelhouse and they would smack you with them um so i didn't really and then there was a saint nick character who's also related to like kind of a more like pre-christian santa or it was he was christian well, yeah saint, saint nick Nicholas was, a saint, was christian um but he comes out of that same tradition of the shaman i think yeah well i think krampus Krampus is the Krampus devil. Was, yeah, Krampus was originally from a pagan root, but it really took off with Christianity. It was kind of like the counterpart to St. Nicholas, so if you were bad, Krampus would fucking throw you in his little cage on his back. And you'd die. <laughs> or you'd get... I think they had a thing where, like, if you were good, you would get, like, a, a gold bunch of twigs that you were not beat with. But if you were bad, you'd get beat with the twigs, and then you'd have a silver one that they'd hang it up to, like, remind, like shame you for your bad acts for the year or whatever. That whole dichotomy. 
that tired old dichotomy. <laughs> Some shit parents made up to make their yeah. kids behave. But I mean, Krampus was cool. I think uh, yeah, it seemed like I have to remember now because I looked it up at that time. But he's kind of like the the yeah kind of Satan figure before. It was a Christian Satan. It's like some other Dark Lord. Let me look him up. The Dark Lord of Krampus. The, the dark Lord. <laughs> uh, what other traditions? Do you um. Have? Oh, uh, there was a like I was saying before. There was a whole bunch of other kind of these mystical figures that would come and bring presents. Uh. So where else? So Santa Claus. I guess the roots came from the Dutch, which was Sinterklaas. Um which was like a el- few elements of Odin and St. Nicholas kind of mixed in. Um, there was also La Bafana, who was an Italian witch who would drop off treats for well-behaved children. Um, and the Germans had Frau Holle. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. And uh, she would... Shit, I missed it. Where'd she go? I think she would drop off gifts for young maidens. Um, uh, there was also like a... Uh, what was, there was a Odin, uh, which is one of the Norse and Germanic gods, would like fly, um, would ride an eight-legged horse. Um, and... Uh, I think was another kind of uh, solstice kind of uh, figure who would bring like the sun back. Well, yeah, I think he's related to Beiwei. Because like Beiwei, let's see, it says here, I mentioned Beiwei earlier, and she's basically the like Norwegian or, I mean Sami, but like Norwegian, Scandinavian, pagan, whatever, um, sun deity. So people would do all these things for her to... Make sure that the sun came back. One of them was uh, slathering butter all over their door frames to feed her as she, like, rose back up and brought the sun back. It was mm-hmm. supposed to, like, fortify her and give her strength or whatever. I also read here, which I thought was interesting, that Beiwei was the... She's a sun goddess, and she's also the goddess of sanity. So basically, way up north where people had no sunlight, they would pray to her so that people who were having all these, like, um, seasonal affective disorder situations they wouldn't go fucking crazy and kill themselves in the middle of winter so Mm -hmm. that was like she was (laughs) she was supposed to they were like your dear god please bring the sun back you know so people stop freaking the fuck out she's cool and i think there i thought i read something here that said that they were in cahoots her and odin cahoots cahoots uh yeah there's a a lot of uh one of the things i was reading was talking about how kind of uh, the Siberian peoples, uh, I'm just blanking on the word. What is it? Or the sun? Solstice. Solstice. <laughs> the Siberian people's solstice, um, traditions kind of spread, uh, down into Northern Europe. Siberian and Arctic people spread down to like Northern Europe and farther down from there. Um, and became all this stuff, all this Christmas stuff. And, yeah, became kind of, like, these other pagan root holidays. Um, stuff where, like, uh, hanging ornaments is, like, a thing. Like, in, maybe not so much here, but in Northern Europe, it's common to have uh, Anamita Mascara mushroom 
uh, ornaments in your tree, like have these little psychedelic mushroom ornaments, and that comes from those traditions. And I mean, even even like the Norse people had a lot of holidays where they would celebrate by eating um, mushrooms. Isn't it so um, amazing that like this, all of this convoluted stuff that's Christmas now came from all of that? Yeah. I feel like it's so wild. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like a crazy game of telephone. Yeah, it's like, exactly. It started out as like this one thing and now we've got, we ended up with like this. It was tripping on mushrooms. Now it's fruitcakes. And <laughs> fucking Black Friday. Ugh. It's Black Friday riots. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting how much is like, like with Krampus and St. Nick and all that stuff is this weird like reward punishment thing too. Mm. And all of that stuff. I mean, I always think that that's really interesting too when you like relate it to bdsm stuff and just all of those things that are like hardwired into it seems to be hardwired into like human nature to this reward and punishment thing it's like our animal nature you know mm. what i mean of like how we can be trained yeah, to be controlled it's control through treats <laughs> and rewards and snacks snacks <laughs> Good boy and girl, bad boy and girl. Well, and fear and just, I mean, it's just madness to me. But, I mean, all of that, that fear is like, like, it comes from a time when we had real things to be afraid of. Like, fuck, is the sun ever going to come back? Are, Are we, we gonna ever going to have, gonna have enough... crops again? Yeah, well, we have enough food to make it through next <laughs> oh, winter. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> so it's really, it's like, but there was probably a lot of, you know, with that, like, a, a full, like, there was an intuitive understanding of, like, how the world worked then you know what i mean mm -hmm. without having like the scientific quote knowledge to like prove it or whatever but um it's very interesting to think of like how much superstition played into that too where they're like over hundreds of years they're like oh god well it seems like when we do this superstitious act this good thing happens so keep we're doing, keep that. doing keep that keep doing that <laughs> yeah we're super like i mean humans are so, just little rats <laughs> they're little reward pellets <laughs> and they're little you know it's it's, but it's but that's the stuff that then becomes tradition and religion yeah. and like superstition. I think I think pattern recognition is something deeply ingrained in kind of our instincts because you know it's mm -hmm. if you can recognize the beneficial pattern, mm -hmm. you survive. Exactly. And uh, I think we've gotten to a point now where we can understand those things. But I think we've talked about this probably in another podcast. A lot of these like really basic things that have helped us survive in harder times have been like hijacked for shit. Right. Um, so why are we so obsessed with getting presents at Christmas? Like what, or giving, mm. giving and getting presents. Like how has that become like the ritual of our times? Like, I well, I think it was in the twenties or thirties is when kind of we had this unified image of Santa Claus and kind of what Christmas was is when it got globalized by Coca-Cola mm. by the jolly, um, Fat white dude who brought, cocaine, who brought you your cocaine. <laughs> okay, gotta buy I mean, something. Gotta buy more. Before that, Saint Nicholas was like this tall, skinny, like gangly. He was a pope. Witch motherfucker. Too, well, and he was like he was a much more like religious figure. Yeah, much more. But yeah, it wasn't like this. Um, yeah, it wasn't this guy that was like used to sell you shit. So yeah, we have Coca Cola to thank for that and to sell cokes, and then of course all the other. Um, manufacturers of shit jumped jumped on board with that say so like hey if we all prop this up there's profit in it for everybody and that yeah that got spread around the world so now like yeah we've got people all in many different cultures and countries and shit that recognize christmas and some that even celebrate it even though it's not really 
part of their um or wasn't originally part of their traditions or aren't even christian um i don't know man <laughs> it's just it's a, like a really i don't know the way it is now it's a really fucked holiday to me just the amount of like i was saying waste and all yeah. of that and i don't know people being kind for like a half second by giving each other stuff or making donations or helping yeah. in a soup kitchen or whatever people do it's like yes yeah, it's, it's we, should, like, we should be have that mindset all the time and we shouldn't have it just because it's a time of year or just because it's yeah like, the same the holiday. same with like the family stuff of like okay i'm gonna like put up with my family and da, da, da. it's like i don't know work through that stuff all the time see your family when you want to you know yeah give a present when you want to like i don't know I don't know. Christmas makes me feel dark, but I just, like I said, I, it's just like the over, the abundance of like consumption and manufacturing really bothers me. I think I clicked on one of the clickbaits that goes around this time of year about <laughs> the village in China that creates 85% of the world's Christmas decorations or whatever it is. Yeah. That really bothered me is these people are waged workers or slave, slave labor workers living and working in these awful conditions that are like incredibly toxic and bad for their health and to create that flimsy plastic velvet coated red bow you put on your door and then throw Bullshit. away it's just like <laughs> unbelievable and i'm not saying i'm somebody who like doesn't you know i buy shit from china from time to time too you know what i mean we it, it's hard not i to. don't think you cannot it's pretty hard not to. I mean, I do try to buy secondhand as much as I can because, I mean, it's already been made. I'm not supporting the business directly, you know? Yeah. But what are you looking I at? I think, uh, oh, uh, my friend Chris Riggins had a really good quote about Christmas um, that he posted on Facebook the other day. He says, Christmas is a made-up holiday for a fictional character that forces you to go broke to prove your love and make you feel like shit when you can't. Fuck the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It's all very... I mean, it, the whole thing is about gifting, but, like, I've touched upon this in other bo- podcasts, this idea of, like, the gift... Ugh, I don't even know how to get into it now. The gift shouldn't be an obligatory gift. The gift is, gift is like, intrinsic to human nature. Language is, a, language is the simplest gift that we have, and we give it out for free all the time, you know? Yeah. Just, like, this idea of, like, material gifting is just it's and like the obligatory holiday-based gift just doesn't make any sense to me yeah i'm very confused and i'm a very bad gift giver because of it (laughs) i don't know how because i'm just like i'm really just gonna do this when i find a thing i think you're really gonna like that's when you should i i believe Mm -hmm. but um yeah Anyway, we're going to try to maybe hang out with people for Christmas, right? Yeah, we'll see if anyone wants to get into any, like, <laughs> um, secular-esque shenanigans. Well, because, like I was saying to you earlier, it's still, it's still in me. Like, the Christmas, I, you know, I spent the majority of my life engaged, I have spent the majority of my life engaged in, like, Christmas traditions, and I associate it with, like, a feeling of togetherness with my family or community or whatever, and like you were, we've been going into stores this week, and there's Christmas music, and Temba's going crazy because he can't. Stand I fucking it. hate Christmas music. And I hate Christmas music <laughs> too. But there's like a, um, well, no, I don't hate Christmas music. I have a very different experience of it because I always relate it to kind of like being at home in Minnesota and like, like 
NPR or, or the local station or something is on playing Christmas music and I relate it to those feelings of togetherness and kind of like contentment of just being around my family, you know? Yeah. And uh, so there's like a nostalgia and I think a lot of people share that if they've grown up at all around that culture that it probably is also super triggering for a lot of people where they're like... I can see that. Really, really <laughs> don't like it. I, I mean, it seems like holidays are really hard for a lot of people. It can be a really depressing, depressing time. For sure, time. yeah. I mean, I there's mean, tons of people who have no one, too, and, like, you Definitely, know? yeah. I've had, I've had my moments of that, even though I didn't really celebrate Christmas at all. Like, yeah, just, yeah, being, being in the city by myself, and, like, yeah, everyone's gone, like, you know, it's like, it's cool if my friends are here and we can just go do shit, but, like, no, everybody's gone. Well, uh, <laughs> like, I, yeah. oh, sorry, I spent one, like, just hanging out with, like, a couple co-workers that invited me out that I wasn't super close with, but I appreciated them, like, like, offering that, their company to me, and, like, yeah, one, one of my managers at the time, like, we went to, like, a white elephant, and then after that, we just fucking hit the bars, and we got fucking shit-faced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's that uncommon. I've been to bars and like Christmas Eve and stuff. That's usually what I do. I mean, yeah. I think the last Christmas before I met you, what did I do? I think, I think my buddy Ari and I just like we got a bunch of like weird junk food, and <laughs> I don't think he was drinking at the point, but yeah, we had, we just made this weird feast for ourselves, and then like went to bars and like just said hi to random people stuff like that well and regardless it's not just like your typical friday night or something where you're like eh, i can be alone or go out it doesn't really matter it's definitely like a loaded day of the year where the idea of being alone is depressing yeah you feel the energy of you feel the energy of everyone of else together social media probably pay, plays into that at this point to a large extent you're seeing all these people sharing time with friends and family and it can it can be lonely it's an interesting holiday i guess for that reason I mean, I guess Thanksgiving is probably like that a little too, or most holidays. People reflect on, like, their relationships with Mm. each other. Which I guess if you, like, trace that to some pagan origins, it's all about (laughs) your connection to the universe and our connection with other human beings is pretty vital, you know? So, something to reflect on at that time if you're alone or feel alone, then that's like, what is my place in all of this, you know? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. The basic questions that can be answered by a little bit of mushrooms. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) If you're feeling alone this Christmas, take a couple mushrooms. I'm sure the answers will come to you. Well, if you're like, if you're in the mindset where you can handle that. (laughs) You're not going to freak out. Yeah, don't do it if you're not feeling like you're in the... A stable place for... That's my plant shaman. (laughs) (laughs) For it. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think we should. I think we should start doing some, some solstice mushrooms. That would be cool. Yeah, I think it'd be nice. Definitely get into the roots. We did. Um, we went out to the hot springs for solstice this year, which was really nice. Yeah, it was also our. I don't know what I'm trying not to say. Six months, anniversary or whatever. I'm like, it's the other side of our union since we, did our union on the summer solstice. Right, we did our our marriage union ritual on the summer solstice and then 
we went out to the hot springs on the winter solstice. Out in the middle of the desert. That was fun. It was very cold. It's our first little road trip in our car. Yes. I got really freaked out. <laughs> Tempa forgot a coat, and it was really cold out there, and I was, I was having, like, flashbacks to family, triggering flashbacks to family vacations where I was, like, forced out on these dangerous death marches as a young child when I would have rather just been, like, hanging out in a holiday in pool, which we never got to do. So the little spoiled child in me, or the not spoiled enough child in me, was feeling a little anxious, but we made it out there. It wasn't that cold. I was just afraid for you, but it was it was fine when we got down in the valley. It wasn't cold. Yeah. I lived out in those outdoor streets. Yeah, my, <laughs> my daddy's a tough one. He can handle it. This is nice. I want to go back out to nature. Yeah, now that we're a little more mobile, we can do it, mm-hmm. which is... that. I think that was, like, the... One of the big crappy parts about not having a car here was we couldn't really yeah. easily access some of the like close nature yeah. spots to us. It was nice to be like forced to bike more. I really liked that. Or like I want to continue to do that. Just not relying on the car and being like, okay, it's actually pretty easy to bike around. At it's least. stupid easy. There's no hills here. I mean, that's not true. Compared to San Francisco. Oh, right, well, maybe <laughs> compared to some places. But, yeah, now getting out to nature is kind of the point of living it. I mean, that's one of the big reasons I moved here is being able to just be like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with some plants today. Or rocks or hot springs or whatever. So that was nice. Definitely. And we spear- smeared butter on the doorways for Bayway. I gave Bayway her feast. Apparently, they also eat uh, butter as a sacral meal on the spring or summer solstice. Mm. So we could do that this year. We could, have, we could carve a butter princess like they do in Minnesota. A butter princess? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a movie about butter carving? Art, probably. It's the thing in Minnesota. I definitely I saw that somewhere. I don't. Was it a documentary? No, it was like a... It was a I, think, I feel like it was a comedy, dramatic comedy or something. But yeah, it was a butter sculpture people hmm butter's cool tastes I, good i like butter eat it salted can't do it unsalt but i will if i have to so i guess we're gonna invite some people over for christmas right because yeah we'll I get mean, a bonfire we, going we won't something. be alone but i think it'll be nice to share with other people and especially extending that to people who might feel lonely or definitely we have the space we might as well yeah it's a weird freaky holiday, man. It's like that big one. I feel like Christmas is that big one in this culture where people get all hyped up about it. Yeah. And it brings up a lot of shit and it's super emotional for a lot of people. And it seems like the roots run very deep, you know? For sure. And has, like traditionally, historically, they run very deep. It's all been very convoluted, I would say, by Christianity and then capitalism and then whatever on top of it. Just want to get back to those simpler times. Simpler times. <laughs> Where you just enjoy each other's company, give the gift of language and presence, and if you feel like sharing some wine or mushrooms, do Whatever that. Whatever it is, yeah. yeah. But I'm just, I'm excited for us to create our own traditions. We were talking about this today. like For sure. Um, creating our family you know and our in our life together making 
making this time of year be something that's meaningful to us, not meaning, not not just kind of following the. Well, this is sort of the theme. This of is our, what we the, do. This is what the theme of our partnership <laughs> is: is not doing what everybody else does because we're special snowflakes. <laughs> Everyone's a special snowflake, but especially us. Just especially us. <laughs> Should we get ourselves participation trophies? Um, I have some. I see a best butt at Burning Man trophy over there on our <laughs> on our shelf. I over. didn't actually compete. You just it's a it's a participating in Burning Man <laughs> trophy. Cute. How privileged of me. Alright, well, sweet solstice. Um Happy Mary, sweet solstice. No. Sexy solstice to you all. Um, I don't want to say blessed be. Hope you're getting that hometown booty if you went home. Yeah, go home. Go have some heartfelt conversations with people who bullied you in high school. Work some shit out with your family. Mm-hmm. Try to be good and, and, and give gifts all the live long day. All year long. All the live long day. And, um, you know... I don't know if you should be buying Bitcoin. All right, that's our show. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> there was a scholar from England. He got a call from the Pope. He said, I come on down to the Vatican to analyze the Dead Sea Scrolls. For 20 years he labored all alone in a little room. And when he came out, Promptly pronounced that Jesus was a mushroom. Jesus was a mushroom, uh huh. Jesus was a mushroom, uh huh. He was a fungus among us, born in a manger's dung. Jesus was a mushroom, uh huh. As you can imagine, this did not please the Pope, who said, John M. Allegro, you've been a-smoking too much dope. But John, he said, your holiness, you and I are both adults. And etymology clearly shows the apostles were a mushroom cult. And Jesus was a mushroom. On the water, how do you think that he raised the dead? 
It was just folks hallucinating On the mushrooms they was fed Why do you think that the Romans feared him? Why do you think he was crucified? But you cannot kill our savior You just hang him up to dry And Jesus was a mushroom, uh-huh was a mushroom, uh-huh. He was a fungus among us, born in a manger's stone. Jesus was a mushroom, uh-huh. Jesus was a mushroom,